0: Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's got to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go pretty boy? And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 171 of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? 2022, folks? Well, I guess I already kind of did an episode for 2022, but you know, whatever. Um, how's everybody doing? Uh, yes. Crazy day today. Crazy last night. Yes, we had a weather warning, uh, snow, weather, uh, snowfall warning. And uh, highway travel is not recommended, so I am uh, camped out in the house here. Uh, I've been out and shoveled three times here in the last twenty-four hours. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a million vacation hours. I may as well use some of them. But uh, I don't know if this I, <laughs> this isn't really a vacation. But uh, what are you going to do, right? Um, yeah, it's kind of odd. I think the way that our house sits on the crescent here, it's like. It's just perfect for the wind blowing in because it's like funny half the driveway is like cement But then the other half of the driveway looks like waves and it's like up to your like thighs. It's like. Oh, yeah (laughs) so Jay, you're right. Maybe I might need a snowblower here, but um, Anyway, so I always say in these episodes the last little while I'm not gonna keep you long And then I yap for an hour and a half but today I really won't keep you that long Um, But I did want to record this obviously and get it out to you guys uh, for, for Wednesday morning consumption. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. I figured I'd sit down here at around noon and, uh, and chat you guys up a little bit. But, uh, I, I literally do have to go back out and, uh, shovel out the driveway before the wife gets home so she can get into the garage. Um, but, uh, yeah. How's everybody doing? Uh, well, uh, today, folks, uh, we're going to throw some tough guy numbers at you. Um, and, uh, the top 10, again, my list, I, I guess it's, I I will say with the list, I had one guy though, it's kind of a, it's not an easy, it's, it's sort of lazy content I, and I can't, um, or him and I, he wasn't accusing me lazy, but we were just kind of talking back and forth, but it, it kind of is. I, on one hand, it's enjoyable content, because like I said, you guys, I have a couple cats that send me lists, and uh, and like I always say with the lists, I don't look at them. I just, I'm finding them out at the same time as you are as I open them up. So I've actually really enjoyed um, going down the lists and, and, and talking about them, and uh, so that's been, that part's been cool. Um, but on the other hand, it is sort of, it's easy, I don't know if it's I'd call it lazy, because as, as I can tell by the numbers and the listeners, people are enjoying the lists and the feedback I get. So I guess that's all that matters, right, as long as people are enjoying them. But uh, there's not a lot of my, I haven't done a lot of research into a lot of topics lately for the show. And uh, yeah, and I, I'll be completely honest about that. Like I said, this last couple months has been a little crazy and uh, just haven't had time. And uh, And like I said, not only not really having time, but here even in the last bit, I, just, I don't want to say I've, the, the passions because that's not true. I haven't lost the passion. But it just it's almost like I just wanted to step back. and well, clearly, I didn't take a break because I've kept doing two episodes a week, but just take a break from the guests and lining all that stuff up, and sitting down with strangers and talking and or getting ghosted or what have you, that gets exhausting after a while. Not exhausted, you know, don't cry for me Argentina, you know what I'm saying, but it it gets tiresome after a while, and like I said, I had a couple incidents with with guys not showing up and ghosting, and that really kind of took the passion out of it, or a lot of the fun out of it for me, so I've just decided this last little while, let's fucking refresh, because I I can sit here and hit record and talk all day to you guys and, and go through my list emails and just blabber about daily events or what happened in hockey this week or whatever, I could do this shit all day. I, you know, all week I could talk about this stuff. I just could talk. Ask anybody that knows me. But, um, so, that's not the, that's not the problem. It was just, uh, but I, I do want to get back into the interview game and bring, because I will, because I, I'm, in all honesty, like, I know my interviews will get hundreds of more listens than these solo episodes do. I know they do. Well, I could see the numbers. I know they do. Um, and I understand that. And it, uh, you know but i for just myself and just kind of mentally a little bit um i just needed to take a, a step back in terms of the the guest thing and all and all that and uh i'm i'm going to sort of i will say that that's sort of my i always hit this new year's resolution i always those are so corny i've never kind of been into anything like that but i will say i sort of made it was well it was a new year's resolution to myself but it was 2 months ago um I found as we were moving and I didn't have a lot of time and I was just sort of doing the solo episodes, I was finding how much I enjoyed them. Before I used to like, the interviews were fun and then the solo episodes on Sunday were okay, but it was, it was more, ah, oh, just content filler, give you guys something, right? And not that I blew it off, but, it, and I had some, you know, I've had obviously enjoyable rant episodes. I kind of like looking out the window and yelling, but, um, they were sort of an afterthought kind of thing. Um. But then I, I kind of realized as I've kind of gone on that I'm actually really kind of enjoying these and, uh, and they were so much easier to do. And, uh, and it just feels a lot more, um, personal interaction with you guys, just myself sitting here talking and, uh, a lot more personal. And, uh, if that makes any sense, I don't know if that makes, I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense, but uh, to me it does, but I don't know about you guys, but, um, it was just sort of more enjoyable and it was kind of stepping back and I kind of made me realize, like for the longest time I really, uh, you know, frickin' and frackin' and fiddle over, uh, and fret over getting guests and trying to line guys up and you're all constantly talking to them and emailing them and phoning them. Can you come tomorrow? Can you come? What day can you come? And you're trying to set up times and, and then you're setting up your private life around that too, like, Oh yeah, we are going out to, with so and so on Thursday because I got a guy, you know, I got a guy on the phone here and blah blah, blah you know. And it was kind of a lot of stress. Like for people that don't know, well, obviously the majority of listeners don't know because you don't have shows. Um, there's a lot more work that goes into this than I mean, you guys hear the final product, but uh, um, especially when you're doing two shows a week, um, that it's like you record one and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, I got to record another one here right away. Cause in three days or four days, I got to present another show. Um, so you're constantly kind of trying to line guys up. So if somebody all of a sudden, Oh yeah, no dude, I can come Tuesday night. All right, God damn, here we go. You know, I got my Tuesday show. So Wednesday show, I have it I'll uh, I'll interview this guy Tuesday after work, edit it. Cause I don't really edit anything and then, and then get it out to you guys. And, uh, you know, Tuesday after work comes, you get a text or whatever. Oh, I can't make it today, man. Oh well, shit. Now I and I have nothing prepared, so but I have to have an episode out tomorrow. So then I have to sit down, record or whatever, and it, it just it got and that happened a bunch of times. And then at, I think at some of those episodes weren't real strong because it's just like you now you're flustered, right? Because this is before I was doing the whole list thing and all that, and uh, <laughs> so now I'm scrambling. What do I do? What do I do? And you know, it just beca- and I mean. And that's the thing. I know some of you are sitting there listening and they're like, well, then just don't do one that day or do it the next day. Yeah. I have a contract with the hockey podcast network and I have an agreement with them that every Wednesday and Sunday I will release an episode. Now, I mean, they're not going to can me cause I didn't put something out on a Wednesday, but I, I feel that, you know, I have a, Agree on paper a signed contract with them that I will do this and live up to my port like I said I've, I've always been transparent with you guys they pay me to do this um, so I felt like okay well I owe them content so that's why I always try and like I said over the, the two years that I've been with them I think I've maybe missed two I think two or three uh, shows so that's a pretty good run for two years at two episodes a week, so, um, you know, and and both sides have been very happy, I, well, I'm assuming they're happy with me, I'm still here, um, but I have good communication with Dylan and Isha and them, so, um, yeah, we haven't had any issue, and like I said, they, if I, hey guys, I can't do it tomorrow, like, it's not like, you know, you're on thin ice, mister, it's nothing like that, so, but it's just like I said, it's kind of a personal thing on my, point, on my part that, I made a commitment and I want to honor it. So, and I know I've had this discussion with a few people, my brother and a few people included that, well, why don't you just go to one episode a week? Yeah. Okay. You know, but maybe down the line, but, um, I don't know. I kind of, so far I can maintain this pace and, and, uh, like I said, it comes trying every once in a while. Uh, but overall as the, as the <laughs> weeks and the months drone on here, as the year goes on, um, Especially in the winter, because there's really, like I said, I don't have kids or anything, so it's like, you know, my wife teaching and she's into the teaching. Oh, she's into the teaching. Yeah, well, she teaches, but I mean, she's always like marking books or doing some project at home anyway. So or watching some really shitty TV. Um, so I could just kind of come on down here and do a few, do an episode. It's it's not a, um, it, you know, that part of my life's easy. I can I can do that. Um, but anytime you're coordinating, as anybody listening knows in anything in life, trying to coordinate with someone else, let alone a stranger, um, can be very trying at times. So, um, I don't know, I here I am, fucking ask me the time, I'll tell you how to build a watch. I'm just kind of going on and on. But I guess my whole point is, these last couple months have been actually really, I'm, I'm using air quotes, stress free. It's not that this show really stresses me out, I mean, in the grand scheme of life. There's a podcast stress, a podcast is stressing you out. You're doing something a little wrong, but in that, in that vein, you know, I, it's more just, um, not wanting to let you really, it's not wanting to let you guys down the listeners and, you know, and you want to, you want to sort of maintain the audience that you've, that I've grown, whatever that may be. I mean, well, it's not a bad little audience. Obviously I'm making a few bucks doing this because I get paid by the download and I mean, I get paid. Okay. So it's like, clearly there are people listening uh, I'm not trying to sound like an ass, but it, but really, it's you know there are people listening, and I have regular listeners, so I don't want to let you guys down. So um, you know, so I guess that part's a little kind of little stressful, but I mean, overall, um, these last few have actually been pretty kind of refreshing, and it's like I said, and it's made me sort of see the fact that. Um, like, I know if I got a whole bunch of guests and named guests and all that, will the show grow? Yes, because people will tune in to listen to a to a, a Wingfellar Morasty or whatever, and that gets me a few more. Oh, well, this guy's not bad. I'll listen to his show next week or whatever. And, you know, and that's how you grow the show. I get it. And people are tuning in to hear them. They're not tuning in to hear me in the grand scheme of things, you know, obviously. Like, my my, high, my highest-rated downloaded shows aren't my solo episodes, or the Fitzgerald, the Colt Kings, and, you know, the Morastis and the McIntyres. Those are my highly... Downloaded shows. It wasn't oh, Darren rants about Ryan Reeves. You know, like no, I've had a few episodes that have done okay, but overall, no. I know people tune in to hear whoever the guest is, not me. Um, I get it, um, and that really, and like I said, I was always concerned about driving the show and getting it up and listeners. And oh, if I get this guy, and I get a lot of bunch of downloads. I can get some more money, and you know, and blah blah blah. And it's like. I think now that I step back, I'm just like, dude. Like the people will listen. Just do your show. If you get a guest, great. If you can't get one, eh, you know, whatever. Throw throw a list at them. Yap about some bullshit. Um, you know, just put out content. And then, yeah, I know it disappoints some people that you keep listening to me. And I'm sure I probably lost listeners because they're like, I'm tired of listening to this fucker. You know, and I get it. And that's that's on me. But at the same time, I think it's the show still doing okay. So. Um, this is sort of just, I guess in a roundabout, I guess in a wholly babbling way, I've just sort of like, this has sort of been a kind of a stress relief, I guess, just sort of just unwinding and just stepping back for a second, still doing the show, but with the understanding that, yeah, if I can't get a guest or it doesn't work out, I could do some solo episodes and, and, and babble with you guys and it'll be okay. The show is not going to collapse, and I'm not going to lose my entire audience. I'm, like I said, I've probably lost some, and that's what you know. That's just the way it is. What can I do? I know I've gained some too, so um, you know, it's up and downs, right? I mean, I'm not spitting chiglets, I'm not dropping your gloves or whoever. Thirty-one thoughts or the HockeyNews.com, whatever. I, I get. I do I'm never going to be that. No matter how hard I push, I'm never going to be that. I mean, I always knew that, you know. I I get it, and I'm not trying to get on ESPN or anything like that. This is just this. This is literally, and I and I guess this is the bot. This is what it comes down to. I have to real. I I've now realized and just sort of got my into my headspace there, and because sometimes you lose sight that it's a hobby and that's all this is, and it's a fun hobby and I you know a side hustle as the kids say. And it's just, but it's at the end of the day, this is supposed to be fun. Plug in your microphone, yell and scream about a few things. Maybe have some ex-fighters on, talk a few, th- have some funny stories, and give you guys some content. At the end of the day, that's all this is. And sometimes myself, and I'm including myself, you lose sight of that sometimes, and you get so wrapped up into, you know, grow, 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 and I gotta make everyone happy and whatever, and and because uh, I mean, you probably if you're a regular listener. For a while, you've probably heard, "Oh, sorry, guys, no, it's me again." And you know, and I always felt this need to apologize and everything else. It's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to apologize. It's my show. This is what I want to present. It's my time that you know, and I. I, It's my hobby, and this is what I want to do. And at the same time, yes, I want to make it enjoyable for you guys, and I'll always try to do. That's my point. I always try to do that for you guys. But I, I, for my own self, had to kind of dial it back a little bit and just be like, okay. Calm down. Just If you didn't get a guest, no one's going to fucking throw their phone out the window because they're mad at you. And, well, maybe some do. I don't know. But there's not much I can do about it. But I've just sort of, I guess this is my online therapy session. I wasn't going to talk about this. I, I don't know where this all came from. I just sort of hit record and started talking to you guys about this. Um, again, I, it's not that, oh, I was stressed and I had to go, you know, mental anguish no, no 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 it was nothing like that but i was just saying there were there were times but it like the the fact that you get stood up to do the show that that that's just frustrating and like just fucking rude that that's what that is that's just a, a fucking lack of respect thing that goes in anything in life never mind just this podcast that just got me hot because of the disrespect factor, you know. That you sit around all Saturday waiting for this guy who's supposed to show up and he doesn't even have the decency to text you. I mean, that that'll get a cat hot. I'll tell you that. And that, uh, yeah. So it, um, that part of it was, uh, you know, I don't miss that. But because uh, like I, I've 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 said to Alec and jo- uh, everybody off air, like especially Alec and jokes. They obviously they do it so they understand, but. If this show was all just solo episodes, or 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 getting the fight fat like Chris, or William, or Steve, or or Jay, or whoever on the show, those are easy, because I tell you, I could text those guys in the morning, they're on my phone that night when I get home, or the next day. Like, boom, they're right there. I mean, I said, if all the players were only, not all the players, most of them are okay, but I mean, if everyone was that easy as just the fight guys were, Oh, shit, you'd be farting through silk. This is fucking easy like Sunday morning. I wish the players were as easy as the fans were, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, but if it was just talking to some fellow fight fans and then just rant episodes, oh, shit, I could, like I said, I could do multiple shows a week, you know, but, uh, and you know, footloose and fancy-free over here, but... Uh, yeah, it's the because not only with the guests, the players. I mean, you got to do research too, and that's you know, it's not just oh, hockey DB and let's go. I mean, no, I'll look into his fights and blah blah blah. Right, so that all that all takes time, and it's just time away from everything else. So when it doesn't work, it can get real frustrating. So, but anyway, enough of my fucking ranting and my therapy session here. I just hope you guys listen and understand. Um, I just wanted to let you know what I kind of, what on this side of the microphone, what I'm going through. And, uh, cause I mean, you guys hear me yelling bitch and whatever about this and that, but, um, I don't think I've ever actually told you how I'm feeling about, well, I guess yelling and bitching is telling you how you're feeling. But you know what I'm saying? Just the reason for some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, I just wanted to let you guys, just listeners know and just, yeah, that's what's happening. But, uh, no, as I said, going forward, like, I, I have talked to a, an ex NHL player. I was just actually texting him today and we are setting something up for later in this week so although I'm sure Sunday will be another random episode but next Wednesday I should have a player interview for you guys so if barring if every nothing goofy happens, I should have an interview for you so uh, I will do that and uh, yeah and we'll like I said and I've talked to a bunch of guys. And they're they're kind of you know now the school's back on and their kids are back in school and like I said everyone's sort of getting their schedule back into into regular life mode. Um, I think it's a lot easier to set things up with guys because it's like okay I work today you know I don't I'm not on vacation so and I didn't want to bother anybody on their vacation especially like when school's out and, you know hey they're up at the cabin or they want to go to the cabin or it's just Christmas shit and they're running around. And, well here take two hour two and a half hours out of your life to. Talk to a stranger. Like, I wasn't going to do that to anybody. So, um, not like I said, now that the kids are back at school everyone's kind of back into their life schedule. Um, I've, it'll be a lot easier to set things up. So going forward, I know I keep saying it, but yes, I promise you guys, I have not finished completely. I'm not quitting interviews. I will have interviews with players for you coming. And, uh, but I, like I said, and I'm, and I'm, not, and like I said in my little rant here and everything else, but I will tell you this going forward from here on out. If I'm getting the runaround from a player or something doesn't happen, I am not going to stress out and panic. You're going to just get a solo episode. I'm going to tell you that now. And uh, I'm, I well, I quit a long time ago. I'm not chasing people around. They don't. If they want to come on the show, but they can't make, I'm not. I'm not texting a guy every 18 minutes. When, 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 when." like no. I'll. You're a grown adult. I'm a grown adult. I'm not chasing you around. You. I ask you what time you want to come on. You give me a time, I will hold you to that time. And that's it. I'm not, uh, you know, whatever. They're like, hey, I'll get back to you. I'm not, I uh, maybe I'll check in once, maybe a couple days later. Like, hey, what did we decide if I don't hear anything? That's it. Clearly it wasn't that important to you to come on the show. Because you couldn't have the, you didn't have the decency to text me back. So, you know, whatever. I, I actually, I really don't know how people can do that. But, I've run into it a lot, and I don't understand I, I, how do you how do you just disrespect people like that? Like if you don't want to do the show, like I've always said, if you don't want any players listening right now or whatever, if you don't want to do the show, just say so. Don't yeah, sure thing, bro. And then what time? Oh, I'll let you know. And then you just and then you won't answer a text after and you disappear. Meanwhile, on Facebook, you're posting every day. Well, okay, clearly you're still around, but you just you're just avoiding the. Just say you don't want to do it. I know I've said this a million times, but seriously, it's not that hard. Like, really, have some fucking respect, you know? And it's like, like I said, I've asked a couple guys. They're like, yeah, I'll let you know. I sent them a text a few days later. So, hey, what's up? Do you still want to do the show? If so, what time? And, oh, yeah, sure thing. I'll let you know. And then you never hear from them again. Well, I'm not going to keep texting you every third or fourth day. Hey, what's up? What's up? No. No. Clearly, it's not an issue. It's not a priority to you, or you don't really care. Or I don't know what your point for saying yes in the first place was, but that's it. I'm not chasing you, so move on. So, and that's happened numerous times, guys. I can't lie; I'm trying, but I can't make them come to the phone. So that's that's that. So that's where we're at. Anyway, enough of this. Let's let's get into things. Um, well. Well, I guess I'm 21 minutes in. I haven't even discussed the sponsors yet. So, like I said, if I remember the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Check it out. All the NHL teams are represented. For my off-network friends, of course, we got part-time only down there in Florida. Uh, yeah, That Five for Fighting podcast, uh, you know, I, I think it should be about three and a half minutes of podcasting. I don't know what, what that three and a half for fighting. That's what his show should be, you know. I don't know when his episodes come out. Here, there, and everywhere. His last... I like... I I will say, though, when it... Uh, him and Joe are like, kind of like... When they do rant episodes or whatever. I don't know if they like... Like, they don't obviously do them as much as I do. But it's like... I kind of dig them. I, f- fired up part-time only is pretty funny, actually. But, uh... And, and I will say, very good speaker. He's a little more... He's certainly more eloquent than I am. I will say that. But, uh... Except when he puts that fucking chew in. Then he sounds like Darth Vader. But, uh... That and I get a little jealous because I I chewed for like years and years and years and I quit cold turkey and that was like the hardest thing I ever did was quit cold turkey chew. and I love chewing but I haven't done it for about oh gee six or seven years now but I used to be hardcore like I think I chewed for like twenty years but you know so I mean I needed to quit I get it but it was just oh it was hard and uh, when I hear chewing I'm like oh like I always say if I could have like a like a genie or something and they're like yeah you could chew till now till you the Day you die and you're never gonna get mouth cancer. Or it's never gonna affect you. You'd be seeing my taillights heading down to Seven Eleven right now. Although, I, uh, well, I sh- I say that, but now that I say it, uh, with the price of chewing tobacco, I think shit. I think they want thirty bucks a fucking tin here now in Canada. Can you believe? Like when I quit, they were at like twenty three, and that was like ridiculous. Uh, th- can you imagine thirty bucks? Meanwhile, when we go down to Vegas in February, I'm driving by like the gas stations. Oh, two for four dollars and shit. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, meanwhile, $30 here. Like, just ridiculous. Like, like I mean, I get it. You jack the prices so people quit. I get it. But, I mean, you know, come on. Come on. But, so I'm fairly happy. I'm happy. I mean, obviously I'm happy I quit because of the health thing and whatever. But at 30 bucks a tin, I'm also very happy I quit. But, uh, yeah. So I get jealous when he's chewing. But definitely check out a show. He's got a great back catalog. Yablonsky Ray, By Lois. Tremendous. Um... But, yeah, Alec does a good job. He also runs the Enforcer Appreciation uh, Facebook page. Check that out. Um, It's got over, like, what, 13,000 members. So, everybody, they're always posting videos and pictures and discussions. And, yeah, some of the discussions get goofed. Believe me, as you guys know, that's where I get half my content from these fucking Facebook groups. But, um, yeah. But he does a good job. Put that all together. You know, Or maybe we should condemn him for putting all that together. I don't know. Look what he unleashed on the world. But, uh, no, Alec does a great job. Five for Fighting podcast. Give him a watch. Hey, check it out too. Five for Fighting on his, his YouTube channel. He's been uh, putting up East Coast League fights. Keep that on the down low though. You don't want the East Coast League to hear that. But, yeah, he's been putting up some good stuff. Definitely subscribe to his channel. Let's get his subscriptions up. Get him over a 1,000 so he can make some money on that stuff. Um, yeah, check him out. Subscribe to the channel for sure. Then we got uh, Broadway Joe Lozito. Joe Lozito. Joe Joe, down at the working out of the world famous arena MSG, downtown New York. If you're down there, go ask for Joe. He'll hook you up. Any no matter what you're looking for. Ice capades, cats, I don't know, the nutcracker suite, whatever they do at MSG, who knows. Joe's your hookup though. And he runs the Coliseum Chronicles podcast, which, ironically, is a New York Islander enforcer podcast. I wonder if his co-workers know. Well, he probably gave it away the first day with his old Kavasha jersey that he was wearing, you know, and his Islander headband. You know, it's getting a little cold in New York. I can see Joe being... Joe, I can see Joe being a, either a headband or a do-rag guy. You know, now that he doesn't have the mullet to, to keep his head warm. You know, it gets cold down there in New York, so... Yeah, I, I can see him wearing, like, a... Like the, the Islander headband. What am I talking about? I don't know. Oh, Coliseum Chronicles. No, he's he's done a great job. Mick Fakoda, Dean Ewan, Eric Bolton, Strudwig, Asham. He's got all these guys on his show. Um, definitely check it out. Tremendous back catalog. I know Joe, again, doesn't like his uh, solo episodes. I dig them. Especially when he's ranting about Christmas music and pub crawls. That cracks me up. Fucking grumpy Lazito. People call me angry. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? I fucking I like I said I look like goddamn Jimmy Buffett sitting over here compared to fucking uh, angry Lazito. Holy yeah, he's he's getting Joe, Joe's the only guy I get that I know that gets mad at the pub crawl girls for dressing scantily. That upsets Joe on the like. Okay, really? Yeah. Just saying. I don't know if Joe's wife listens. Maybe that's why he's you know he's fuck you know he he's 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 kind of. Uh, you know con and everybody right he, uh, that's uh, you know that's how slick Joe is he knows his listeners I know and he knows the wife's tuning in so he's probably you know saying how these uh these young college girls shouldn't be wearing scantily that's just disrespectful and and I don't <laughs> like it and you know and his wife's just sitting there oh that Joe yeah Joe that's slick man I would, ah. see see folks there you go that's that's a veteran move right there veteran yeah, don't let Joe fool you. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm not saying Joe's out in the club's making it rain. Hey, you know what we call that out here? Because we, we, we don't have dollar bills, we have loonies. So when you throw the loonies, we call it making hail. There you go. I set that whole thing up just to tell that joke. You see that build, folks? That's storytelling right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this 28 minutes It Really? I got to go shovel and I'm yelling about making hail. All right. But Joe Joe Lazito definitely check out his show. Uh, tremendous back, like I said, tremendous back catalog. Joe's a good dude. I'm really looking forward. Like I said, he's so busy, especially at obviously Madison Square Garden, New York, with all the events going on. Joe's you know Joe's busier than one legged waitress at the IHOP. So I mean, he he hasn't had a lot of time to record. But uh, he he I know he will be. He'll be back at it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I always enjoyed Joe's stuff. But definitely give him a give him a give him a listen. Give it a Lazito. Jilton Broadway, Joe Lazito. All right, folks. Um, well, like I said, uh, now that I've talked for 29 minutes and I was going to get in and out of here pretty quick. Um, I want to tell everybody that's listening. If you're on social media, on Twitter, uh coming up here, pro, I want, I really wanted to start it this weekend, but probably not. It'll probably be next weekend. Uh, I have another Twitter tournament folks. I know how you, there's a lot, the people love the Twitter tournaments. Um, I was going to put it on Facebook because I kind of wanted to get Facebook involved. And, and, and to be truthful, I'd probably get a lot more votes on Facebook these days. Um, but I didn't like the way Facebook sets up the polls. Like you can't add pictures. And I don't know. I just didn't like it. So I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick to Twitter. So if you're listening to this and you're not on Twitter, just make up a Twitter account for like just be the anonymous ABC123 and just so you can vote. Fourth line voice on Twitter. Just follow me on Twitter and then so you can just vote for the week. I think, and why not, right, and, uh, but this tournament is going to be different, Um, I've only done it once before, and it was, it was like four or five years ago, I think I did it, Um, it's going to be like kind of a tag team tournament, dynamic duos, so like Probert and Coaster, McSorley and Semenko, uh, you know, Byers and Miller, Um, I put it out on social media, hey guys, give me some, uh, give me some duos here. And, uh, what I'm, as I'm sitting here, all of a sudden there's this kid trying to climb the fence. I'm looking out my window. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry about that. Yeah, I just got distracted out of the corner by. I'm like, what? Are, oh, something's hopping into my yard. No, it's kids next door. That's how high the snow is. They can basically stand and like look over like a 10 foot fence. Um, yeah. So I, I asked for people's opinions on, on different duos and I've got about 40 or so written down right now. Um, yeah, we'll just do that. I think I always enjoy the turn. Well, yeah, for the most part, I enjoy the tournaments. Uh, I know two days in, I'll be like, I'll be texting Alec, why did I do this to myself again? And he'll be like, yeah, I don't know. What are you doing? Um, but, uh, yes. So coming up on Twitter, tag team spectacular. I think that it's something different. I think it'll be kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll put, I mean, let's, let's be completely honest. Probert and coast are going to win. I know they're going to. We all know they're going to. And would they really? Like, I always just think of like the combined power, right? Like a Grimson and McKenzie against Probert and Koser. Are Probert and Koser together better than those two? yeah I don't know. I know people aren't gonna view it that Some people will view it that way. That's how I view it, but yeah. But you know, but I just, just to get the people talking about certain guys, that'll be fun. So why not, right? Um also, regular listeners will know I am a fan of I am a fan on Twitter of an account uh, called Tough Guy Numbers. And uh, yes, and, and he did a very interesting... Uh, uh, Jay asked him, uh, I'd like to know Gretzky's points when McSorley and Simenko fought during the game versus Gretzky's, Gretzky's points when the boys played nice and didn't go out fighting. And he, of course, he he's right on it. He breaks it down. I just found these numbers really fascinating. Okay, Wayne Gretzky's point... Per game with the Oilers, in games with Semenko or McSorley fighting, 2.59. Can you imagine he he, he averaged 2.59 points per game? Just think about that for a second. Yeah. 2.59 when Semenko or McSorley fought. When they didn't fight, 2.37. When Dave Semenko fought, he had 2.6 points. When Semenko didn't, 2.39. When McSorley fought, 2.68. When he didn't, 2.38. When Samenko and McSorley both fought, 3.5 points per game. When they didn't, 2.39. So I guess the old tilts fired Wayner up. 99 got fired up after uh, some fists were thrown. Um, isn't that kind of just a cool stat, though? Could you imagine? When Semenko... When, when, yeah, Gretzky's points per game with the Oilers in the games with Zemanco and McSorley both fought 3.5. 3.5 points per game. That in itself is just ridiculous. That's like PlayStation numbers. You know, Oh no, Ovi's better. Shut up, fuck. You know. That's goals, though. That's true. I shouldn't say that. Now I sound like these kids yelling about Ovi being better. But... You just see that, like, when you go, but, like, I think, like, I mean, I grew up in that era. I get, I know how great Wayne was, whatever. But I think as time goes on, and the especially with the younger generation, they completely don't understand how, they just, all the goalies sucked and Wayne couldn't play now. Again, like, I, I brought this up before, so I you knew i was chewing my food twice, but I just, when you read that and you just think about it and you go back and look at his points, the guy had 200 points, like, twice. Like a hundred like he led the scoring race by over seventy points like six times or something. Like you just think about that. There are guys that don't get seventy points in a year. And he's beating these guys by 70 points. Like just talk about utter domination of a sport. Wayne Gretzky's just man, that's that's just like unbelievable. And it's and I mean I know, but it's just I mean, like I said, I lived through it and I saw it with my own eyes. I I was at Euler like not many. I went to a view though when he was playing in those dynasty Euler years. And uh, Yeah, to look back on it forty years later, thirty years later, is just like holy shit, like you know, you forget. You really do. You really do. Um, another one that he did, because this will tie into obviously the my ten toughest San Jose players. Uh, the highest single PIM totals among San Jose Shark defensemen. I like this this cat's even breaking down D and wings. I love it. But uh 9192, Link Gates, 326. Then Zmolik, 229, Marchmont, 204, McSorley, 186. Uh you know, well, Marty was on here a couple times. Jim Kite. Rob Zettler. Remember Robbie Z? I remember Rob Zettler. Uh Jay Moore. Yeah, there you go. Uh Marchmont was on here a few times. Jay Moore. 179, 147, uh, you know what, As I'm not going to lie, as I, I mean, I know who he is, I remember I've seen his hockey card a few times, um, but as I sit here, right now, I couldn't list you off one Jay Moore fight that I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're probably on some assorted discs that I have, but I don't ever remember watching Jay Moore fight, and I mean, that's mid-90s, that's right in my wheelhouse when I was big collecting, and I had tons of footage from those years, no. That's interesting. That's that's kind of funny. Now, I don't know how many fights he was in, but I mean, 179 minutes, 150 minutes. He had to been in a couple. So, anyway, that uh, good old tough guy numbers. Um, thank you very much for for uh, for doing what you do. Um, it is greatly appreciated. I, I dig it and uh, keep it up, man. But that that like I said that. Uh, Those Gretzky... I'm still... As I'm sitting here, I'm just... I mean, I read it over and over again. I was just... I'm baffled by it. That's how good he was. Unreal. But, let's get into this list here, folks. Uh, I'm clicking on the link here. Uh, It looks like it's done by the Bleacher Report. San Jose Sharks, 10 best fighters in franchise history. All right. Okay. And as I always say, this is the first time I'm seeing this list as well, so... Like I always say, I want to give you guys a genuine reaction to this. And I I, I always say, I hope the list is awful, because it's, it's funnier when it's awful. But, you know, Chelios and the Blackhawks, I don't know. Maybe What are we going to put Doug Wilson on this one? Maybe, I don't know. You know, we'll see. All right, who doesn't love a good hockey? This is written by Sam Kelly, October 13th, 2011. All right, well, 10 years ago. Um, so we're a little dated here, but I mean, really... <laughs> What if we lost in the last 10 years? It wasn't like we were going to add anybody to this list. Um, who doesn't love a good hockey fight? Chances are, if you're reading this article, you're one of many hockey fans who get pumped watching two guys go toe-to-toe. San Jose Sharks have had the privilege of seeing some of the best fighters in the history of the league suit up in teal and battle for their teammates over the years. Here are 10 such players who have a knack for dishing out, punishing haymakers. All right, here we go. Number 10. <coughs> Pardon me. Brad Staubitz. Okay. Through his tenure, San Jose Shark was short-lived. Stobitz makes this list by default thanks to blooding enforcer Jordan Tutu in 09. Okay. I didn't realize he did, but... Stobitz now plays for the Minnesota well, He's retired now, I would imagine, but has never a talented scorer. Was never a talented scorer or a gifted penalty killer. He was, however, always willing to stick up for his teammate and provide some grit and energy. Um, I will say with Stobitz, and um, I, I've seen some of his fights. I dig him. Um... What fight did I just see him? I literally watched it through a couple nights. Oh, his fight with Ripon. That's a really good fight. It was short, but they threw some good shots. Um, so, yeah, Staub is kind of a middle guy. I mean, I know he fought. He came along right in that, like... I will say for, for my own self, he was that, like, again, 2008 ish, 9, 10, 11, that's when he played. That's really, I was kind of out of hockey by then, um, cause it's probably been 10 years since I was really, really paying attention. There was guys I'd see, like Rippener and McGrath, and I'd pay attention to and stuff, but I'd see it now and again, but I, I, I never really went out, um, I mean, Scott, as I'm saying that, I guess Thornton and Scott, I guess I saw some of their stuff. But, I mean, I'm much more in tune with 90s stuff. Um, 90s is my wheel. 80s, eh, a little mid, late, mid to late 80s, yeah. 90s is my real wheelhouse. Um, I feel most comfortable discussing 90s stuff. I can feel I could do that with anybody. Um, once we get into the 2000s, though, I'm spotty at best. And especially into the uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 in there. Because I really wasn't watching anything. And unless it came across my timeline um, on Twitter um i probably didn't see it um you know uh, so i am certainly from far from a Brad Stobbitz expert i will say i like what i saw um if i like i've seen some of his fights with i think when he's kind of stepped up and fought like i know Bolton i think Bolton dropped him Scott i mean when he, i think when he stepped up and fought like kind of true enforcer guys uh probably didn't go too well i think Jansen's got him pretty good too but when he stayed in the kind of his in his zone, the press, the rippins, stuff like Konopka, stuff like that, did well. I mean, I liked him. He was cool. I'm, you know, again, I'm far from Brad Stabbitz expert from what I've seen. Alright, I'm down with that. Number nine, Dodie Wood. Now see Dodie Wood I could talk about. Uh he matched 106 games played. Didn't have a long NHL career. Wasn't a difference maker on the ice. But he never hesitated to drop the gloves and exchange blows with some of the league's toughest customers. Yeah, see, I remember Dodie Wood from the Western Hockey League, and especially from his time in, like, not only like, Swift so current, but mainly in Seattle, because he had a lot of the Seattle footage. Um, him and, like, Willis and Farone And, like, Seattle really had the market cornered on kind of, like, undersized tough guys. But, um... Yeah, Wood was a good player in the junior too. Um, but yeah, I remember getting those IHL mixes when Doty was in Kansas City. And I mean, he seemed like he was in Kansas City forever and, uh, undersized, but he did that arm. I've never seen anyone do it. he duck under the guy's arm and come up from the side. And, uh, I, he was the first guy I ever saw do that. Like with it. I mean, I'm sure it happened before, but like as part of his like fighting arsenal, he would do that. Um, yeah, Doty Wood was tremendous. Like I said, undersized, but, Awesome fighter. I'm a massive fan of Doty Wood. Of course, he's over in the UK for a little bit, and he played in the LNH. You know, he was at the end of the line and, you know, whatever. And he, God, I don't want to knock the guy. He's lit a little out of shape and whatever, but collecting a check. Well, he was in some tremendous fights, though. But uh, he wasn't the Doty Wood that was in San Jose. But, oh, some of his San Jose fights. Great fight if you look it up. With, uh, Alex Doinoff. Awesome. Yeah, uh, no, I'm down with Dodie Wood. I'm a huge fan of Dodie Woods. That's a guy I'd like to get, a, I never, I know he was on Alec's show, or was he on Alec's show? I think so, wow, maybe we were trying to get him on the show? I can't remember. I remember Alec talking about it, though. Sorry, I, I, there's been so much stuff through the years. I can't remember who's had who on what, but I know he had, I don't know if it didn't work out, though. But, I, yeah, he'd be an interesting guy to get on the show. Jody Shelley, number eight. Well, wow, there you go, big Jody, uh. Quite from the Sharks midway through the 07 season, exchange for a draft pick. Uh, Shelley is heralded by teammates as a great locker room presence and even a better person. He also carved out a reputation as one of the NHL's top enforcers. Yeah, I'm a huge Jody Shelley fan. Again, uh, solid player in the Quebec League with Halifax, the Mooseheads. Put up like 400 minutes one year and like 30 goals. Um, you know, did it a long time in Johnstown with the Chiefs in the East Coast League. Made his way up through the American League. Um, yeah. Uh, played a long time in the NHL. From all, Like, this, uh, this uh, everybody I've talked to said Shelly's a really good dude. I think he does. Does he do? I think he... Or is it Columbus? I think it's probably Columbus. I always view J- Jody as, like, a Columbus guy. But he does... He he works for one of the teams uh, on a broadcast. Is it Columbus? I don't, like I said, I don't watch this shit, so I don't know. But I know he's in hockey he's doing broadcasting somewhere. Um, yeah, big dude. I, hey... I think he made his bones with Columbus when he came up. Didn't he fight? I know he fought Probert three times in one game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Jody Shelley fan. Tough guy. Um, Hey, I'm down with... Yeah, I'm down with Jody Shelley. Number seven, Douglas Murray. Okay. Uh, Broken league in 05, slow-footed, but tough rear guard and in a little way with little in the way of actual talent. Jesus, this guy's just really shitting on him here. Uh, earned himself a full-time spot as a physical shutdown defenseman. I know he's, this guy's man. I know Murray's a really big dude. Um, so I, you know, I looked it up. He's from Sweden. Um, college guy. And then, uh, I think it looked, like I said, I wasn't really familiar with M- Murray. Um, I remember seeing him fight Goddard a few times. So I kind of just went on, uh, uh you know, I kind of hit pause here just w- if it was the same guy that I was thinking about. Um, yeah, he, uh, like I said, big guy. I it was interesting I, looking up his stats. Um, he had like eleven fights in his kind of first full time year, and then after that, had like two or three fights a year. So it's like once he, he did it to establish himself, and then after that, really didn't fight that much per like three or four fights a year. Um, so I mean, he knew what he had to do to get to the league, and you know, hey, if if you don't have to fight, you are going to stick around in the in the NHL. I you know, can you really blame a guy? I pff, I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, eh, you know, I like I wouldn't have my head of Shelley in these guys um was he a big guy he was okay. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and call him a pussy or anything, but I mean, does anybody really think Douglas Murray was some big fighter like I don't know, and like really had a Dodie, like Dody wood and Jody Shell like Jody Shelley, I think would pick his teeth with Murray, so I mean, you know, but whatever. Number six, Scott Thornton. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, Thornton, uh, in addition to providing secondary scoring, strong defensive play and leadership, Thornton was a highly physical player with a fierce competitor. Never considered a true but always willing to throw down with the best of them. Yeah, Thornton was cool, man. I was always a big fan of Thornton. Um, he had a great fight in Edmonton This right when he kind of first came up with Gerald Diddick. Check that one out. It's on YouTube. That was a good one. Toe-to-toe, real quick and dirty. But yeah, solid power forward guy, uh high draft pick. I remember when he was a member of Team Canada, actually on the World Junior team when it was in Saskatoon here. Um yeah, I've always liked Thornton, power forward guy, solid player, had a long NHL career. Um yeah, he had some great fights. Uh, I think he caught a young Eric Karens too. I think I think he dropped Cairns when he was what was he with Montreal when that happened? I don't know, all the fights run together after a while. But yeah, Thornton was in some beauty tilts. I'm a, I am dig Scott Thornton, that's cool. I didn't think he'd be on this list. Um, I always kind of forget he played in San Jose. I always, for, I don't know why. I just, Yeah, he bounced around a bunch of teams, but I just, you forget where guys play sometimes. Uh, number five, Ryan Clough. Yeah, see there, yeah, joined in 06. Uh, not only is a force offensive, but highly respected leader, demonstrated by the A-words on his chest. Um yeah, I mean another powered forward guy unfortunately had to retire because of head injuries, which really sucked, but real solid player. Um again, I'm not gonna sit here and try to profess that I'm a Ryan Klo expert. Like I said, once we get into the mid two thousands, that's I, I kind of start getting fuzzy um with, with certain guys. But I mean I've seen him fight. Um yeah, like I said, power forward guy, um solid player. Um like I said, it's a shame that the head injuries caught up to him. But um yeah. I mean, I'm Ryan Clove. I'm down with it. Although it's R-Y-A-N. I don't know what's with the E. Don't put the E at the end. That looks ridiculous. <laughs> Number four, Scott Parker. Oh, there you go. I didn't think, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, nicknamed the Sheriff, during the Sharks in 03. Uh, played, only played, or played 50 games. Shark will always be known as ri- for his ridiculous facial hair. And hasn't played a game since 08, but a 240 pound winger is one of the league's most dominant fighters during his prime. Yeah, this is where he really got into the head issue. I know he got hit in the head with a puck. And, uh, that was sort of, uh, that caused a lot of damage and, uh, put him out for a while. Um, yeah, again, Scott Parker. I mean, I mean, I think everybody listening will always sort of, he's a Colorado Avalanche guy. Um, but yeah, watch him in junior, watch him from his very first fight in junior all the way through his career. I'm a massive Scott Parker fan. He's one of my favorite all time guys. Um, I've, like I said, one of those guys that fortunately back in the day that we were able to get all of his junior fights, all of his minor league fights, then you see all his it. One of the very few guys where you have like that complete, um, catalog of all his fights, so you can really see the progression, and uh, I remember when he first came in the league, he had the head shaved, he wore number three, he's playing, you know, playing D with, Kel- with Kelowna, and uh, big kid, had some decent fights, but he took a few, uh, next boys, he w- he's probably the best junior fighter I ever saw, dominant, uh, knocking guys, it was scary, scary how good Scott Parker was in junior, came out of junior with a ton of hype, Had a huge year in Hershey, 99, 2000. Um, Again, all this stuff's on YouTube. Um, I know on the message board he catches some shit because there was a few posters that were really a little too gung-ho about him or whatever, rub people the wrong way. But when you actually sit down and everybody, oh, Probert knocked him out. You know, that idiocy, like... Well, Probert got a lot of guys. I mean, you know, whatever. He he had about 200 fights after that Probert fight So give me a break and but he, and he dropped Oluwa and Grimson and Brad Brown and Ryan Flynn and You know a lot of guys and uh, Parker was vicious Big right hand big dude nice guy um, That's another guy I want to get on the show him and I have talked about it briefly I know he's now moved out to California and stuff from Colorado. So I'd like to... I talk to his son DJ here now and again. I'd like to get Scott on the show. Talk about some old Western Hockey League days. But yeah, um, I never really... Yeah, I mean, he had the little brief run in San Jose. Um, I was just surprised he's on the list just because he hadn't played that much in San Jose. Um, but yeah, he unfortunately had the... I think that was the beginning of his injuries. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, like I said, massive Sheriff fan. I love me some Scott Parker. Number three, Owen Nolan. Yeah, see, this is like... Like, would I have Nolan in front of Shelley and Parker and all these guys? No. Would I have Nolan on the list? Yeah. Drafted first overall by Quebec in 1990. Uh, traded the Sharks in 95. Prolific scorer. Imposing physical presence during his prime years. Remember, uh, remembers one of the toughest, most fearless captains in Sharks history. Yeah, I'm a big Nolan fan. Nolan was a mean bastard, actually. He could get real dirty. And he did some dirty shit. And uh, I'm not trying to excuse it. but at the same time, eh, you know, you did what you did back then. Um, yeah. Like I said, solid player. Uh, he has to have like four hundred some goal. I remember he had a bunch of forty goal seasons. I'll never forget his called shot in the All Star game. That was pretty badass. Um, yeah, uh, tough guy. I, I remember talking to Cale Hulse one time, and I asked him about uh, who was. He said uh, Owen Nolan hit him harder than anyone. I was like, really? one Nolan, Nolan? Yeah, he, oh, he bro- broke my nose and yeah, he fucked me up. But uh, yeah, I said Nolan could hit. Um, yeah, he kind of had this in kind of. He grabbed me in close and kind of. From the back, they call kind of rusty, but he kind of throw these right-handed. But, yeah, mean guy. Um, yeah. Now, well, again, would I have him three in front of these? Some of these guys, no. But, uh, hey, great power for it, though. Hell of a career. Yep. Owen Nolan. Number two, Jeff Rodgers. There you go, friend of the show, Jeff Rodgers. For those listening, if you have not, I have had Jeff on the show twice, actually, and his son Dakota twice on the show. Dakota, chip off the old block, played Western Hockey League. Uh, war thirty six uh fought just like it. you swear it 's his old man when you watch the fights fights the exact same uh he went on and played college uh university here and at Carlton and uh got his degree and is now off pursuing other things in life but uh very nice family i've enjoyed talking with both of them. Uh, Jeff was a great guest I've had him on we did a you know obviously the full length his entire career and then we did his five toughest opponents I highly encourage you if you have not listened to go back and check that out actually his five toughest opponent you'd be surprised a couple of the answers um, yeah heart and soul player spent five years in San Jose yeah I always say he's the original gangster he was on the original San Jose team uh, 2300 minutes and 800 games before hanging up the skates in 03 ask any shark who their favorite all time fighter is Audrey's will be on the short list guaranteed Great guy, heart and soul guy, as they would say, a room guy, and um, fought everybody, undersized. Yeah, he took some shots and whatever, but I mean, no wrestling, wide open, toe to toe. If you're a fight fan and you don't like Jeff Rogers, you know, get bent. I mean, seriously, how do you not like Jeff Rogers? Really, How seriously, as I'm sitting here saying this and you're listening, how do you not like Jeff Rogers if you're a fight fan? Really? I mean, guy gave her his fight cards. Incredible, fought everyone. Like I said, yeah, he got smoked a couple times, but came back for more. And I mean, like I said, heart guy, and I could see him. That's why he played so long. And even his son mentions it, Dakota, in one of the interviews. I'll, and he goes, "Yeah," he said, "Dad stayed on the NHL probably two or two or three years longer than probably what most guys would have, because he was good in the room. He was a room guy. There you go. That's why you and he wore the C in San Jose." and wore a letter in a bunch of the teams he played for. And solid player. If you go back and look in the Western Hockey League, he had, like, what, 330-goal seasons, so it wasn't like he's just a complete putz. I mean, he knew what to do with the little black thing rolling around. I mean, knew his role in the NHL, but, I mean, you don't stick around not having a clue. Like he said, you don't play 800 career games and just be out here in double runners with no idea what's going on. I mean, you know, no, he's solid player. The original San Jose Shark. And, uh, and the old teal and the sea—I always call him the OG. And uh, yeah, I'm down with Jeff Augers. And number one, well, there you go. the Missing link, Link Gates. I didn't know if this if writer would know. About <coughs> Pardon me, would know about links. He only spent one season as the Sharks played 48 games. Like you said, what is the all-time? What we said with tough guy numbers the other just a little while ago. The uh, you know 300 minutes there in the one year. and Six three two forty, 240, uh, large machine gun arm and allowed to wreak, wreak havoc on Dan's partners. Yeah, man, uh, you know, I've talked about Link before on this show many times. One of the baddest dudes ever, unfortunately, couldn't get out of his own way, he had his own issues. In San Jose, though, and it's funny because I think people think Link played like a bunch of years in the NHL, but no, he came up with the North Star, drafted by Minnesota, um... Was let played a couple games with them. Spent most of the time in Kalamazoo for a couple of years. Got picked up by San Jose in the expansion draft. Played the one year there, and then unfortunately had the car accident. And that and not just a, like serious brainstem injury. Had to really had to learn to walk again. The fact that he even came back and played it all is mind-boggling. Let alone fifteen more years and fought like four hundred more times and bounced around from every league and kicked out of this league and that league and spent a bunch of years in the crazy Quebec League, and, you know, it was a shell of him, he's overweight, whatever, but still great fights with uh, Terry o and Patrick Cote and Sugden and all these guys, I mean, and I always say when you watch those fights, you just think, that's an out of shape, doesn't give a shit, head injury, like brain injury, had to relearn everything, Link Gates, fighting these guys, and Cote and them are fresh out of the NHL or the American League, and Link's kind of Taking everything they're given and giving it back. So you just imagine at this time, moment in time, when he's in San Jose and he's primed up. Yeah, he's got his off-ice issues, but he's still in shape and ready to rock and roll and no head injury and whatever. Well, you go watch the fight with Bob Probert. That's everything you need to know about Link Gates because he's 23 when that fight happens against the prime Probert in the Cow Palace in San Jose. And don't sit here telling tell him, Bobby won! No, he didn't. They both gave as good as they got. I'm not saying Link won either, but Link was right there with them, And that's, that should have been Link Gates' career, what he should have... He should have played 10 years, and we should have been talking about him as an all-timer. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way, and he had his issues and his downfall. And of course, the off-ice stories are beyond... Like, they're not even... Like, really? Like, people don't believe them when you hear them. Um, which... And it's too bad, really. But... Uh, but yeah, for that one brief moment uh, when he was in San Jose that season, Link was a bad dude, and uh, yeah, what could have been. But yeah, I could see it. Yeah, it's interesting with San Jose. I mean, um, they've always sort of had this thing at the Sharks. I mean, they always towards the, they kind of got guys towards the end, like I know Dave Brown and Cronin and um, Jim Kite and. Uh, Bob McGill, uh, Craig Cox. I mean, they're all sort of at the end of their careers. So it was uh, you know, so you never saw the the, the true you know, Lyndon Byers. As I always forget, Byers played with San Jose for a little bit. Um, I was just saying McSorley, but Marty, when he was in San Jose, had some great fights when he was at the Sharks. Um, I wouldn't say he was he wasn't done yet with San Jose. He had a really great fight with. Uh, oh, the two that come off my top of my head when he was in San Jose were uh, one with Langdon in the preseason. I believe it's, yeah, because Langdon's wearing, like, number 57 or something. And then uh, Rob Ray, that's another really great fight. Marty was Marty had some great tilts in San Jose. Um, Tim Hunter, there's another guy that was in San Jose right at the end. So, uh, Neil Wilkinson, yeah. I always like Neil Wilkinson. There's an underrated guy. Kind of just one of those, you know, grit blue line guys, unheralded, you know, glassing out, clear the front of the net, but, uh, but would fight anybody. Um, was he the greatest fighter in the world? No, but, I mean... I mean, shit, he beat King Kong nowadays, but, um, yeah, just a solid kind of backup guy. Uh, Brent Myers, there, you know, he, he kind of got rolling at San Jose. Um, Smolik, John, yeah, John Scott, I mean, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, he didn't really, he was, that was after his All-Star game appearance and, you know, he kind of forgot what he was in hockey for. Um, Ronnie Stern, there's another guy, really underrated. I'm a big Ron Stern guy. Uh, You know, Calgary, San Jose, some great fights, undersized, but toe-to-toe guy. Uh, Yeah, great, I, I dig me some Ronnie Stern. But, yeah, he's in San Jose, too. Kevin Evans, I remember he was part of the original San Jose team. Of course, he is the professional hockey record holder with 648 minutes with Kalamazoo in the IHL. Funny thing is that he picked up 648 minutes in one season. I think he had 50-some points that year. He had 20 goals that year, too. So shit was going down when he was every time he was on the ice. Then, like, the next season, the East Coast thing, he put up, like, 500 minutes. Like, ridiculous penalty minute totals. But I think he got about five or six games in with San Jose. A um, couple fights, but uh, undersized guy, but uh, you know, legendary minor league enforcer with the penalty minutes that he put up. Uh, but yeah, I remember that original San Jose team was so bad, but they were awesome. Remember that was right when the Sega Genesis came out. They had like Tampa Bay and San Jose and like, these expansion teams. They could just goon it up. I loved being in San Jose just because you could be with. Lee. I could just be Link Gates, right? So um but yeah they were oh they were bad those first few years and it was like it wasn't like the vegas and seattle drafts well there was a plus there was a there's a salary cap now there wasn't back then so i mean you had teams spending millions and millions and millions and then san jose just sort of you know league minimum guys you know but um there you go folks the teal the san jose sharks uh top 10 toughest fighters that wasn't a bad list like I said I I would have switched the orders around on a few things but they threw hit me with a few names I didn't think they were the the writer knew about but that wasn't completely egregious I won't uh, I can't shit on that list too much but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it and uh, yeah guys once again thanks for tuning in and um, yeah I have to go shovel so I will uh, talk to you guys on Sunday thanks everybody